0: The thing that's really difficult for me is that if I do make an issue of something, then, and in all honesty, some of you will make it a bigger issue. And that's what I don't need, because I'm trying to get our guys to understand what we're trying to do, okay, and get them to understand that they have to play, but they know that. Oh, but I thought you didn't listen to what the media had to say, Ron Rivera. Welcome to another edition of the D.C. Sports Huddle. It is sponsored by MGM National Harbor. It's time to change the game at BetMGM Sports. I am Rob Woodfork alongside George Wallace, fresh from uh, Washington Commander's uh, practice on a Thursday. Dave Preston, uh, repping Boston, even though there is no reason to be proud of them since they are not faring too great against the Orioles. And uh, Dave Johnson from not only on the other side of the planet in japan on the other side of the clock too because you're
1: up at what hour it is uh 4 55 in the morning uh, and this is the land where everyone is polite and clean and if i could ever figure out the <laughs> bathroom fixtures i'd stay here
2: that is <laughs> that's that a whole nother podcast up. and yeah. it's yeah. also another it,
0: and it's the dead of afternoon at the time that we're recording this, too. And it's going to be the dead of afternoon when Washington hosts Dallas. It is Dallas week, folks. And, of course, we're excited about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but should we be? <laughs> because Washington, for the second straight week, is going to face a division opponent that is coming off of a short week, coming uh, having played on a Monday night. That's supposed to matter. The, that did not matter at FedEx Field against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Dallas flying high right now. Uh, George Wallace, give me something you saw at practice that should lead anyone to believe that Washington can actually make this a game. Uh, all right. And that's what uh, 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 I got. I got something for you. They're going all black
2: on Sunday. Yes, because that's going to be it. That is the difference. It's hot in Texas. The sun beats down in that building and it's going to be hot. But we're going to wear all black Sunday because why not? That's I can't get none blacker. That, was, that was literally
0: what Ron Rivera said, right? He was just like, "We're going to wear it because we want to wear it."
1: Yeah, no. he Well, and and he, he can do what he wants, but it, it really does feel, uh, moreover, like we are. Or, or I or, or, say I can't form words at four fifty-five. I'm <laughs> not sure. Moreover, is the correct word, but the point I'm trying to make is this. I was just thinking about this uh, this morning. Maybe I was dreaming about it. Just an amazing cul-de-sac. We truly are, are, are stuck. in. I, I really do believe in Ron Rivera. I really think. He is is a smart guy, a, a good coach. But now we're starting to see the, the curse of Washington, I think, uh, drape around him as, as I think we expected more out of this year. I think it's important not to get too wigged out about an Eagles loss because, let's face it, the division – it's now it's clear they're the best uh, of the division. So there, there's no shame in that. But then it also makes you wonder, well, where are we going after three years uh, of Ron Rivera? I'm more concerned about the, the Detroit Lions loss when I think about that. I'm more concerned about how they're starting games. Uh, and it reminds me of, of Dave Preston. You called it. I will salute you. You said mm-hmm. you will look at the end of the the, num- the year and Carson Wentz will have some strong numbers but a lot of that will be in catch-up mode and, and at least that is playing out in this uh short window uh, Carson Wentz hasn't forgot how to to be a quarterback in the NFL but uh so far he he's not shown that with this group that he can get him going early which is so important in NFL games because uh <laughs> he's not and this team is not designed to make miracle comebacks every week
0: No, and And that's the thing. It's like they were selling us on Carson Wentz as, hey, he doesn't have to go out there and win us games every week. He's going to have the best supporting cast that he's ever had in Philadelphia or in Indianapolis. But the offensive line is being held together by duct tape at this point. And so it's like if you don't have time to get the ball to the weapons that we spent all offseason talking about – like uh, what you know? What good is it, Dave Preston? Oh, well, yeah. and
3: here's what concerns me: the the fact that uh, it, and the numbers are kind of skewed after three weeks. You know, it's it's not the complete picture. And even though, uh, as a team, the offense is seventh in the NFL and moving the chains on third down, when it mattered this past Sunday, they were one for seven in the third half. When it mattered, uh, Terry McLaurin did not get a. Uh, he he did not record a catch for the first eight possessions first eight times they had the ball uh it, it, TMC did not get the ball which you can't have on this team if you expect to play well nobody expects 60 perfect minutes uh of, of football guys but through the course of the season they played poorly in the first halves of their last two games and the Jacksonville game they just had their slump in like the middle two quarters so to speak so it, it, what that concerns me not not just the losses, but the fact that it just doesn't seem to be coming together. And I don't know what needs to happen for this team to be sharper to begin with, because I, uh, compared to the Jay Gruden era, it felt like Ron Rivera had this team on from the get-go. That's not the case this September.
1: Yeah. Well, I think uh, also it's proving that if you don't have an elite quarterback, it's all about the offensive line. And again, we hearken about the glory days, Uh, of the Washington football team. That was built around an offensive line. That's why they could win uh, three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks. Uh, So it's becoming clear that that, that the stat, uh, it was against the Eagles, right? That uh, Carson Wentz was sacked nine times. Mm -hmm. And and somebody pointed out that the entire uh, season, 91 season, when they went to the Super Bowl, they only gave up nine sacks. And that was within Mark Rippon, only moved about four steps in the pocket and that was it and yet he was only sacked nine times so I I think it just defines it as much as we talk about all kinds of schemes and plans and this and that if you don't have uh Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts or 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 that that elite playmaking quarterback uh, then you better have an offensive line or you're going nowhere
0: All right, so let's talk about that offensive. Let's re-rack with the offensive line, though. George, you were in practice. Uh, I know that uh, they're down to their third string center already, playing a guy uh, starting at center who wasn't even on the team two, three weeks ago. Uh, What is the offensive line situation going into Dallas right now? It's not not
2: good because Wes Schweitzer didn't practice again. He's got a concussion. I would say it's almost impossible now for him to play on Sunday. You got Nick Martin who came in here who – by the way, the coolest, uh, the most fun fact of the week that he was Carson Wentz's center at the Senior Bowl back in 2016. So they've got that going for him. That's going to make a difference. <laughs> it's going <laughs> to huge. But yeah, that's the um, yeah the offensive line is, is banged up. Charles Leno was back today. That's good news. He was limited, but uh, he missed yesterday. But look, it's another deal, and you it's another tough deal going into Dallas, uh, a, a team that leads the league in sacks and a defensive line that gets after you. So, as Scott Turner said today, they have to find a way to get the ball out quicker if they're going to be under siege like that, which they were last week and probably going to be again this week. Got to find a way to get the ball out quicker into playmakers' hands and try to make things happen, or else you're going to have another near-double-digit
0: John Beck-esque uh, sack performance uh, Performance uh, on, <laughs> on Sunday. I, I thought we were in agreement that we were never going to speak of John Beck again. And actually, I'm going to give you some pushback on the on the coolest statistic about – uh, Nick Martin. Actually, the coolest statistic about Nick Martin is that he's 2 0 against his brother, Zach Martin. That's so true. That, that right. gives him That's right.
3: That's something. <laughs> that, heart that,
0: heart. that gives him something in Dallas uh, on Sunday. What were you starting to say, Dave
3: Preston? Well, I, I, what's amazing is that, yes, this is Dallas week that we have coming up, and just how there's no buzz in the DC metro area for this no, game. This was a game not. that when I moved to the area, and it was, I, I've been here for 22 years. You guys have been in the area a lot longer than I have, and you guys lived through the glory eras of uh, the glory era of this franchise, but even even 10 years removed from Mark Rippon and his great season, you still felt an incredible buzz every Dallas week. I would say up to and including the, the RG3 year, where you felt, okay, it's Dallas this week. It's, okay, this is a big one. There's no buzz this week, and this team is, you know, I, you hate to say it, this after three games, this team is uninspiring. You know, yeah. they, they, there have been Good teams, great teams, bad teams, dumpster fires of teams in the last ten years, and this is just a team that, okay, I, I, I guess I might watch the game, but it's, <laughs> it's the way they the way they the way they've started the last two first halves. There's no reason to really get excited about watching this team and their games, and. And we're not even a month into the regular season and, and, and we're feeling this malaise.
1: Well, and I would the even only make th-
0: the case uh, real quick. I would even make the case that the RG three year 2012, I mean, you look at the two games that they played, mm-hmm. one was on Thanksgiving day and then the other one was at the end of the season for the NFC East title in prime time. So even I think the circumstances made those games more important than the actual games themselves or, or the rivalry itself, right. Dave Johnson.
1: Well, think about it. The only thing that's really excited us over, over the last uh, three years on, on, on the field, uh, the play of Terrell Heineke, that got us going, right? playing with his hair on fire. We we were jazzed about that. We were bought into the whole story. We were all rooting for him uh, to become uh, the number one quarterback, I think, because you want that that another Kurt Warner story or, or whatever. Uh, they discovered, OK, he's not going to be a number one quarterback in the NFL, but if we're going to be under siege every week because of a banged up offensive line. Uh, yeah. Why not? Why not just throw Taylor Heineke out there and let him run around with his hair on fire and make plays. And I know it sounds ridiculous and, and silly, but, but you, Dave, you were the, use used the word uninspiring and somebody did uh, that's that's part of it right now. It's hard to get um, fired up about this team. Carson Wentz, uh, you know he's he's done all the right things including being accountable and and uh, raising his hand about the you know mistakes he's made uh, but it, it's hard to get get fired up when when the, the big phrase surrounding the team right now is my bad i mean that's that's not going to <laughs> that's not going to get you going bananas like
0: exactly that. and the thing is you can say my bad but then you have to do something to fix it and then demonstrate that you can but
2: if you listen, well.
1: if
0: you
2: listen to the head coach, it's they they've got it all figured out.
1: Yeah, as right. Of Monday, they got well, it all figured uh, th- out. This this was uh, great about the, the discussing the secondary uh, uh, apparently because they've been given a big place, as we as we all know. But I love the quote this week where where last week when they gave up big plays to the Eagles, they were where they needed to be. They just didn't get to the ball. Right. The previous week against the Lions. They they weren't where they They needed to be. So (laughs) so uh, again, I guess this is the week where the third step you get to the ball and and don't give up the 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 big play. So um, or will they they, get to
3: the ball this week but not make the tackle? Right, right. right. They might. So uh, I, I, I think there are at least seven more steps before they actually make the tackle when they should uh and you know we've we've talked about this team you know what have you being uninspired you know who has been awesome this year Tressway Uh, maybe because they have to punt so many times but you see him he averaged over 50 yards a kick this past Sunday it's it's akin to and this is before my time but I used to hear my uncle talk about what a shame it was that Ernie Banks for the Chicago Cubs Hall of Famer never got a chance to be in the playoffs and you know his talent was wasted Tress Way is too good for this team and too good this, yeah, for this uh, franchise. <laughs> and thank goodness he's on this team because if he was not, I can only imagine the field position but, that uh, we'd be stuck with. But that's, no, the, it, that's, it, the, that's
0: it, the most damning aspect of this franchise: is that their best and most popular player is the punter. Well, oh, he's and
1: also the, they're going to ruin the him too. Bad thing is <laughs> in the the NFL world of central marketing where the NFL controls everything. They might even control this D.C. sports huddle, and we're not aware of it because that's that's how <laughs> they work as as the centralized government uh, they are. So you know you've made it when when you become like a spokesman for a local convenience store. Justin Tucker, he look, he's a kicker, he can, but you're not going to become a spokesman for a local convenience store or a pizza chain uh, as a punter. It's just not going to happen. So, you know, sadly, we don't even get that anymore. We don't even get Bad widescreen TV commercials anymore. I don't even know if they have them, but that's the kind of commercials, you know, the Washington Commander, the Hogs offensive line. Remember the uh, the the big offense, the uh, big screen TVs, which, you know, nobody watches TV anymore. They should just be listening to the radio or watching on their (laughs) computer. So
3: what an actor. Yeah. All right.
1: So Uh, it just he should be in the Hall of Fame, though.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's another discussion for another day. So, all right, guys, what's our what's our picks for the game? I'm going to give you two keys. Number one, when Washington has the ball, they've got to run, run, run. Dallas giving up 136 rush yards per game uh, so far this season. So there are some rushing yards to be had if Washington commits to it and stops trying to uh, prove to us that Carson Wentz was a good idea. Uh, when Dallas, yeah, has but it the ball, doesn't
2: matter if the if the line is not going to hold. It's it's not. It's but not the easiest matter.
0: thing. But but the but the easiest thing for an offensive lineman to do is to push forward and try to create some holes, as opposed to having to, you know, uh, uh, step back and have to try to uh, pass block. So it, 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 it when you're starting second and third string guys, you you want to run it instead of having to drop back to pass a bunch of times when Dallas has the ball averaging only 15.3 points per game. As much as everybody wants to talk about Cooper Rush, like he's been doing some great shakes, it's really been the Dallas defense doing that. So if you can keep, uh, it, it, you know, if you can keep your defense off the field and uh, and get to Cooper Rush and make Cooper Rush look like Cooper Rush, then uh, Washington has a chance in this game. I don't think they're going to pull it off, though. I think they are dressing for their own funeral in the all-black Uh, I got uh, Dallas winning this one uh, 21 to 18 because the scores are always weird. Uh, And uh, for some reason, Ron Rivera really likes two point conversions in spots where they don't belong. Uh, Dave Preston, what's your game prediction? I've got them losing
3: 23 to 11. I see uh, them coming out in the first half sleepwalking Dallas, getting a, a, a quick score or two, and then just pretty much as we've seen opponents the last couple of weeks, putting the game plan into the fridge for the second half, getting a field goal here, field goal there. There's a fourth quarter touchdown that inspires those who still believe, um, you know, it, I just, I don't see them traveling well, even though they should have the advantage because Dallas is playing on Monday night football that, you know, really helped them against the Eagles a few days ago. And I, I think there, there are more questions regarding strategy tactics, uh, are they doing the right thing in the right spots? And and there's more of a whirlwind uh, after they lose by double digits to a Dallas team that could have been had.
0: Yeah, and and the other thing is they're starting they are starting quarterback while Dallas is starting their backup. So if Carson Wentz is worth those two draft picks, he ought to be able to outduel a guy like Cooper Rush, Dave Johnson.
1: Well, no question, but I, I think there is some Cooper Rush magic. The fact that he's got three uh, he's starts. He's there in Taylor uh, Heineke, right? <laughs> he's there Taylor Heineke. No, but to, to your point, they are winning with defense, but uh, clearly they're not falling down on offense totally because they must believe in him and, he, and he's doing enough uh, to get the job done so i predict another 11 to 10 thriller like we saw last week with the Broncos. no I, 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 you were talking about Man, the scoring. daves are going for scorigami today no 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 no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go 24 i'm gonna go boring you guys got odd numbers in there i'm gonna go 24 14 uh in favor of the cowboys it, it just when when they terry McLaurin did not have a catch until the third quarter uh against the eagles it just it smacked me in the face and i thought Wow. Yeah, there's play, a playmaker like him on the team, but if we can't get him the ball, the, uh, this team is not going anywhere fast, and uh, they're not going to win on the road against the Cowboys. It's it's going to be another loss, and it's going to be 24-14. The Cowboys' defense will make the difference.
0: All right, George Wallace, round us and out. The, thing, the funny
2: thing is this week is the first time we've come close to hearing Terry get some sort of pissed off because he said, mm-hmm. you know, yesterday we were talking to him, and he's like, well – you know, I'm a, everybody wants the ball. I'm a receiver. I always want the ball. He goes, but I'm about winning. So that's, yeah, we're almost there. But, I, and I don't think you're going to see that from Terry. I mean, he's just not that guy, but you never know. I mean, if you keep not getting him the ball to the third quarter, then yeah, he's going to get all fired up about it. But I think, look, and this is the prop. This is the game these guys will go out and win on Sunday. This is, this is what they'll do. And then everybody will be happy again. You're two and two and refreshed. I don't think it's going to happen, but this is something that they would do. I think it's going to be too much. Uh, again, just like you guys have all said, I don't think they're going to be able to protect Carson Wentz and get behind early. I don't think they'll get shut out again in the first half because you got to try really hard to do that. But then again, this team could do that too. Uh, you maybe get a touchdown on the board in the first half. I think they lose uh, by a touchdown as well. I think 24 17, they end up losing the game to Dallas. And then, folks, then I don't know what to tell you about next
0: week. It's a long fall, is what it's going to be, yeah. both literally and figuratively. Uh, speaking of falling, Dave Preston likes to do that in photographs a lot. Uh, what do we think about the uh, black uniforms? I'm going to like I'm, I'm going to try and uh, 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 save us some time here for you to delve into the uh, college football uh, stuff for, uh, to look ahead for the weekend. But I know you got to go do a sportscast. But what are your thoughts on the black uniforms?
3: I don't like them. I don't like them at all. Um, I, you know, granted their, their base uniforms aren't even burgundy. They're more maroon and more black, not a fan of it. Uh, but I understand that this is the league and this is what they do. Everybody for the most part in every sport has an alternate jersey or uniform with the exception of maybe the New York Yankees. So, uh, not a fan. And, uh, if, uh, somehow these uniforms were to be left behind in Dallas, I wouldn't be upset.
2: <laughs> well, you know, what's going to happen I- They'll go in in the uniform and then Ron's going to ride it. You're gonna ride. Oh, they're gonna and then they're gonna wear black every week. Every week. <laughs> First time ever, this franchise is wearing black. Look, I I like the whole black. I like the look. Like it's fine. I like it. It's something different. I don't know about the numbers. Like they're they're sharp, the helmets. Don't get me wrong. But right. the numbers, I think Rob, you and I were talking about it. I don't know about the numbers on the side. The W looks good in the front, it's smaller, but I kind of would like to see that on the side of the helmet.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like that looks very college. That looks very Alabama yeah. to me when you put the numbers on the helmets. I think that's unnecessary, and I wish they would do away with that. You could just put the logo there instead of just putting a random logo just like right in the middle of the front. Like I, don't I still don't know why you wear that.
2: Look, they wore, they've worn white the first two weeks at home because it's the middle of the day. It's still summer out. It's
0: light. Yeah. But now to go wear black down in Dallas, I, I don't get that at all. Yeah, And, and that's the thing. And, and just in terms of like the color – like, I mean, just the, I, I, I like the aesthetic when you have two teams that have sort of um, complementary colors. And that's been the draw of Washington versus Dallas for a long time is that they have the blue and the white. Washington has the burgundy and the gold and the, and they were wearing white pants for a long time. So I, I, I think you're eliminating that by going with black yeah. in Dallas and also I'm- debuting the black before you even debut the,
2: the burgundy. burgundy. I know. Is, I always loved kind of the Washington. Thing. I always loved the old school with the Redskins would wear the white at home under Gibbs. Then you yep. get Dallas to wear the blue. And then right. when I would go down to Dallas, be one of the only few times you'd see the yep. actual burgundy—that's for me—is the old school. Right, exactly. We're not, a, we're, not, we're not getting a black Wizards jersey, are we, Dave? This year, I
1: forget. <laughs> no, I, I just—I uh, just woke up in Tokyo. I had this crazy dream that at four in the morning that we were discussing pant colors, So but that couldn't <laughs> be really, really happening. So, so, so. hey, you With never know what going get. fashionistas, man. All fashionistas. You lost no, me. You he, lost me on this, guys. At, I, I, at you, least you You, yeah, you don't like. He, he
0: doesn't like the past discussion. Well, let's get a discussion then about what the Wizards <laughs> are doing in Japan because they're not. Wearing black, they are uh, they are going back to those uh, those bad like early uh, or late nineties teal jobs. Twenty fifth anniversary uh, of the Wizards. Twenty fifth, yeah,
1: no, it's well, you know, but but what is uh, you you say bad? But I I've seen so many fans on Twitter who are younger who don't remember those jerseys, and like, wow, cool. So it just goes to show.
0: But that's why why, that's why we're having a pant (laughs) discussion at four
1: forty five in the morning because the marketers know. That that you know, uh, there's a whole generation of people say, you know what, that looks pretty cool. Uh, the Washington Commanders wearing uh, aqua or whatever. We had so to send Dave
2: a, to Japan to talk about the Commanders uniforms. That right, uh, right, <laughs> right. So,
1: <laughs> so no, they're they're uh. Listen, it, it, it's this team. Uh, we were talking about yesterday as we watched the practice. Whatever yesterday was, by the way, I'm not sure if yesterday right. was Sunday or next <laughs> Thursday because we're so confused here <laughs> in, in Tokyo, but. Um, <laughs> You know, you hope this team does develop a chemistry and, and becomes like a, a, look, the Memphis Grizzlies, look at their story last year. Uh, yes, they had an incredible player like John Moran, but, uh, you know, it was about the chemistry coming together around them. And I think that's what the the Wizards have some very talented players. Bradley Beal could average 30 points a game, not saying he has to, but uh, we have to remember he's an elite player uh, in this league. So as I'm watching, you know, Kristaps Porzingis make corner threes and Kyle Kuzma do it do what he does Uh, this team has talent uh when you when you think about a starting lineup of Monte morris who has playoff experience with the nuggets and bradley beal and and then you throw in uh porzingis and kuzma and then you figure out whether it's is it will barton or Rui Hatcher, whatever they're going to do and and i have no idea what the starting lineup is and and now in the nba starting lineup doesn't matter because it's all about matchups uh but the bottom line the pieces are here so it just gets back to you play defense two, three possessions more uh, to play defense better, two or three possessions a game. Uh, and this team can compete in Eastern Conference uh, because this team can score. This team can excite. Uh, and, and it, you know, the, every indication, uh, you know, the chemistry is there. Kristaps Porzingis uh, playing 60 or more games will be critical to this team so you don't go into the the season saying aha this team is gonna uh, you know contend for the eastern conference title but you go into the season looking at this collection of players you look at at, at Wes Unseld's experience and, and bringing in guys like Will Barton and Monte Morris I think are important to the equation and you're thinking you know what Let, let's see where this journey goes and that's uh, there's some real potential here if they stay healthy and
0: the journey's taking them to Japan. And it seems like Rui Hachimura, obviously a very uh, popular player there. But what's been the reception Japan has had for the Wizards, not just Rui uh, in particular?
1: Well, I'm still in concussion protocol because I was hit by two <laughs> cameras yesterday <laughs> today in that scrum with Rui Hachimura because it, it, it truly is is a rock star proportion that, that he uh, receives here. Look, uh, Rui drives the wizard's poss- uh, popularity in Japan there's just no way around it because uh, again uh, we're not talking about a a nation that has uh, that like they produce baseball players over the years this is this is very special and and very unique to the japanese people and you know i met sumo wrestlers yesterday and, and and one was telling me everyone loves rui and i realized whatever sumo wrestler says i'm going to agree with them because he <laughs> looks like he could kill me yeah. but so so the the bottom line is is uh, you know this is a special situation actually with this wizards team with balauri Hachimura and to a, a lesser extent i say lesser extent because the popularity is not as great because there's more people in japan but deni obvi in israel so there's a real you know international flavor uh about this team and then you throw in the opponent the golden state warriors you know they're they're drawing the attention because they are the warriors there that's the steph curry and, and nba finals so you know the the uh, atmosphere yesterday is uh, it was I was at the gym <laughs> uh, it was the the media coverage is crazy we're gonna, we're going to play at a, a super arena which apparently is an indoor arena and I had to double check this thing. Is this a baseball place or something? It, it's for indoors, but it, it seats thirty-five thousand. or can, so uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be loud. And I just hope Wes Unseld Jr. Uh, starts Rui Hachimura uh, yeah. because. <laughs> but but I was about to say that that I I hope thinking that the fans would get mad, but this is the most polite and clean nation in in the world, so uh, they'd even be respectful in that situation. So I don't have to worry about sitting courtside and getting hit in the head with something, because right. even if if Rui doesn't start, uh, that wouldn't happen because this, this, this is a wonderful place, but uh, believe me, I'm fired up. This is going to be, and it's going to be the first time we'll see Porzingis and Beal on the court together. Yeah, How's well, that going to
0: look? Now that's something to look forward to right there, because that could be a special comment. But we got to get
2: up at 6 AM to watch it and listen yeah. to yeah. it. Uh, no, well, listen to it. Now, that's the invention. emphasis you called
0: DVR. So, you when even... I wake up, that game will be in my DVR. Dave Preston. <laughs> for Nature uh, DVR, uh, for... you're trying to kill my living here. It's radio. <laughs> you get up and you listen to the radio. Yeah, that's what I said. DVR. That's what I said. I'm going to edit it out. Uh, Dave Preston. <laughs> Uh, give us what are we looking for in uh, uh, another exciting local college football weekend? Uh,
3: well, a big bounce back week for Maryland. I think a lot of people thought that they might lose to Michigan uh, on the road last week, which they did. But I if, if this team is, yes, if this team is going to be where Coach Mike Locksley wants them to be, as far as, as this program is building, they have to beat a Michigan State team that's lost two in a row, albeit to two schools that are unbeaten, and both are in the top 25 right now. A huge test for the Terrapins. They are at home. for weekends for Virginia and Virginia Tech. They're both on the road, and they both have a lot of problems. Navy on the road at Air Force, where they haven't won since 2012. And who would have thought that the last remaining unbeaten FBS school in the area would be James Madison, the new kid in town? You know, everybody's talking about the new kid in town.
0: Yeah. Everybody's walking like the new kid in town. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. And we have a couple of JMU people in our newsroom, so we're just going to conveniently omit Dave saying that. One last
3: Uh, thing, guys. (laughs) I know this is the final weekend of what has been a lost season for the Washington Nationals, but if you can get out to the ballpark and enjoy the summer of Joey. Uh, Joey Maness has had a fantastic season since being called up. The overnight sensation 30-year-old rookie. What's not to like about this guy? Thing is, I saw Sam Horn shine as a rookie for the Red Sox, and then he never approached that again. So you don't know if this is the only year that Joy Manessis is awesome. But enjoy him for one final week and enjoy this team with a lot of building blocks uh, on the field at Nats Park, weather permitting.
0: All right. And hopefully we enjoy the game on Sunday. And uh, certainly if you're watching this uh, before uh, Friday morning, definitely tune in to the radio party with Dave Johnson and company.
1: That yeah please a... because doing this dc sport you've now talked me into a sunrise here in tokyo it was pitch black oh my. outside my window and and if you could look did you could you see that that's a sunrise. Yeah, yeah.
0: no but look, so but you're so, you're used to these hours you've been doing morning yeah. drives at well, wtop for how many decades yeah, but today, no, I, yeah. and today he was on at nighttime there
1: yeah, yeah. i know I, I was your midnight jazz host on wtop did this you, morning did, yeah, so but did you, did you miss
2: know. dinner you didn't miss dinner did you <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I really have no, idea, I have when no idea of when to do anything. <laughs> so, here you just, have the night before.
0: Yeah. Just, all right. All right just, give
1: uh, me 48 minutes. We'll go. Well,
0: go. We got to break the huddle, which was brought to you by MGM National Harbor. It's time to change the game at Bet MGM Sports. And with another edition of the DC Sports Huddle, I am Rob Woodcourt, along with George Wallace, Dave Preston, and all the way across the globe. Give it up for Dave Johnson. Till next time, we are breaking the huddle.